if you're ever thinking about setting up a business, I don't think there's ever going to be a good time. There's always going to be bills that need paying or, you know, responsibilities that are kind of out of your control. And I think if you're if you're worried about those constantly, you, you, you'll just never end up setting up a business. So we just kind of went for it, really. Now, when we're kind of eight people, it's easier to say, yes, I would take responsibility for the offices as it is today. But on day one, I didn't want to set up a business on my own. It was, I guess, James probably pushing me to say, well, let's do it together. And I think he wanted the comfort of someone to fall back on and also just to be able to bounce ideas off and, and work with on a day-to-day -day basis. Naturally, we never really had a discussion in the sense of this is where your position is going to sit, that you're going to be responsible for finance, you're going to be responsible for this or that or that. Actually, it kind of just took, took place really <laughs> and people took ownership of certain areas. very quickly and um, quicker than we ever would have foreseen and we were doing you know we were doing really really well we, it did make us a little bit lazy and it made idea. us a little bit complacent so um, yeah we were like crikey we've nailed it you know we've, we've only been going sort of two or three months and we're you know we're doing really really well like better than we ever th ever thought was possible and for that reason you know we perhaps had too many trips to the pub um, and down tools a little bit early in the office on, on a number of occasions and really did just, 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 yeah, and you know, perhaps a little bit complacency and celebrate a little bit too much. We also fell victim to, I think, what a lot of businesses do is, is we had uh, one big client that probably delivered 50, maybe maybe more 50 percent of, of our revenue as a business and inevitably that you know that relationship stopped so yeah we had to go back to the drawing board sort of fairly quickly um, and we were a year into the company then so it's quite painful target anyone that works at P60 on setting up a job interview we don't set them on KPIs we are only interested in the actual result the end result for the client and that ultimately is getting a successful hire that stays there on this episode of the pocket mastermind podcast we're talking about starting running and scaling a business with Martin Evans James Thompson and Robin Potter from P60 recruitment and why to them recruitment isn't a numbers game. You can find out more about Martin, James, Robin and P60 Recruitment at p60-recruitment.co.uk and at linkedin.com forward slash p60-recruitment-limited. Uh, welcome Martin, James and Robin from P60 Recruitment. Thank you for giving up your time. You're welcome. Thank you. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yes. You guys? Yeah. Uh, so does one of you want to kick off and really give us a bit of background, how you got started, how you got together... Um, what was the catalyst for starting P60? Um, I'll start. Our hand, you guys can cut in as well at any point if you want. Um, so our, it's something we've spoken about individually. Certainly me and Martin have spoken about it in the past. Um, but our hand was, I suppose, kind of forced. I don't think there's, there's always going to be... Um, you can always procrastinate if you want to set up a business you can always procrastinate about uh, you know setting up a business and there's, I don't think there's ever going to be a really good time to set up a business there's always going to be outside factors that are going to prevent you from doing that um, but I think we were we were kind of in a fairly 
fortunate position, I would say, now in that our hand was forced at the time when two of us um, were actually made redundant, which gave us a little bit of cash in the bank to, to actually set the business up. And um, Martin was in a position where he, he actually wanted to leave the business through personal circumstances. So that's kind of what brought the three of us together. Um, and that's, you know, and that's that's why we set up P60, I suppose. But it's something we'd already always spoken about. But I don't think, I mean, you always say, Martin, that we'd never set out to, but we're not like entrepreneurial types. Mm -hmm. It wasn't ever our sort of end goal, was it really? It was just something that kind of... I totally agree. I think that we never had a passion for being business owners. I think working in recruitment, you're fortunate enough to run your own individual book of business as if it's your own kind of company anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, we were never privy, were we, to how the company was run? The, the, the reason the three of us work together now is because we all previously worked for the same company, which right. was a, a much bigger sales recruitment company based in, in central London, which had a remote office in Reading. And that's, that's, why, why, we all, that's why we set up the business together, because we all worked previous, you know, previously together. Yeah, I think we had, a, we had a passion for service delivery and sales recruitment. We, I think we enjoyed the day job and the circumstances with my father being ill and you being made redundant, when we looked at what shall we do next, the obvious solution was to start our own sales recruitment company because that's what we'd always done and loved for the sort of past sort of 10, 12 years. Yeah, 100%. It wasn't something we set out to do sort of 10 years earlier when we first started working together as recruiters, but the opportunity kind of sort of almost presented itself and we just we just kind of went for it but like I say I don't think I think if you're ever thinking about setting up a business I don't think there's ever going to be a good time there's always going to be bills that need paying or you know responsibilities that are kind of out of your control and I think if you're if you're worried about those constantly you, you, you'll just never end up set, setting up a business so we just kind of went for it really do you reckon that any of you would have set the business up individually Pro probably not no I think there was for me there was definitely a little bit of I felt a little bit more comfortable. Comfort yeah. Yeah. It's a bit all encompassing doing the day job, isn't it? Kind of, especially the previous business that we worked for. Uh, it was it was more than just a, a nine till five. You kind of get home in the evening, maybe pitch black, no matter what time of year it was, and you'd be, oh, you'd be spent, and then back onto it for the next day. Kind of to to think actually, would you go out and do this on your own while trying to keep up that kind of facade, etc. I think it, the concentration with managing everything in play to begin with within your previous employer um, is pretty all-consuming all really I definitely wouldn't have set up a business on my own I, I didn't oh. have I the reason previously before that I was an external field sales rep before mm. I moved into recruitment and the reason I did that is because I wanted to be interacting with lots of people on a day-to-day -day basis and be busy and have that office banter and, and just have the opportunity to work hard and during during the working day um, and the thought of setting up my own business, I guess, was then going back into a bit like when I had days at home as a rep, doing your admin and being on the phone at home was just something that I didn't want to do. So I didn't have the desire to set up a business where I would then work on my own. Looking forward now, when we're kind of eight people, it's easier to say, yes, I would take responsibility for the offer as it is today. But on day one, I didn't want to set up a business on my own. It was, I guess, James probably pushing me to say, well, let's do it together. And I think he wanted the comfort of someone to fall back on and also just to be able to bounce ideas mm -hmm. off and, and work with on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, not through design, but I think it, I feel 
fortunate and I speak to other people who have set up businesses and set up with business partners and at some point they've had a falling out with their business partner and I think a lot of the time that's the reason companies don't don't continue I think in retrospect and this was luck not judgment there's three of us mm-hmm. I think individually we all bring something ever so slightly different to the table and I think the benefit with um, with three owners of a business is you can outvote the other mm-hmm. person in, in a in a democratic way mm-hmm. do you know what I mean you don't you know in a non-aggressive and basic way. Situation but the you, there's yeah. never a stalemate situation yeah. no and we've not really got to that stage we've, I know no. we had that in terms of kind of our director's agreement a shareholder's agreement to have that in place but we we, yeah, we haven't actually got to yeah, that point where one person has been completely overruled and the other no, one. I think we're really. all kind of very similar in terms of our short and long term objective yeah and it's it's all it's you know, it's only been three years. So it's still sort of relatively early days, but we've never we've never got to that mm. that situation. But it, it will happen. I, I'd have thought at some point where you know we, we need to take yeah we need to take we need to take a vote on something. But a lot of the time it happens. But it's more over you know s- more minor type things yeah. like perhaps a little bit of branding or oh, crikey um, team incentives. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Silly silly stuff. Nothing. Nothing major, but but having three, I think really really helps, and also the fact that we again we're all ever so slightly different on our view our view on certain things and how to deal with certain situations and problems all slightly different. So we all bring something different mm-hmm. to the table. But again, that's that's just luck. We we were when we were setting up the business, all, all we knew um, is that the three of us were um, yeah, strong recruiters, capable recruiters, and were passionate about delivering a high a high level of service to our to our clients that's kind of all, all we knew really we just knew e- each other's track records because we'd all worked within the same company yeah, um, the rest we've learned around the rest we've learned accounting and tax and finance yeah where did you start with all that stuff did well, you did you all just kind of naturally fall into specific no. roles or do you talk about roles <laughs> you would do, do you all do a little bit yeah. and everything or? Yeah, we it's, it's quite nice because yeah. the way that we worked and the way I've always seen it and kind of still do is almost a case of kind of like three generations of recruiters yeah. so in our pr- previous recruitment um, agency obviously James was responsible for hiring Martin mm-hmm. and then Martin was responsible for hiring me so actually <laughs> rather than just yes we've worked together for X amount of years yeah. I think naturally we never really had a discussion in the sense of this is where your position is going to sit that you're going to be responsible for finance you're going to be responsible for this or that or that mm-hmm. actually it kind of just took took place really <laughs> and people took ownership of certain areas and yeah, I think I, I had friends that had also worked in recruitment and set up businesses mm-hmm. uh, and got on to do exactly the same thing. So I had some guidance around make sure you do this and this and uh-huh. this. Um, but we kind of I think figured out all the accountancy things yeah. and all the... We, when we, we sat, when we sat we, down... As we went we along. We sat down and then in a, in a, in a meeting that was probably yeah. in a pub, came up with kind of like the core principles yeah. or jobs that needed to be done. And then we allocated yeah. the tasks around saying... Like you speak to companies house, you speak to an accountant, you do the IT, mm. who's going to do the internet, even phones and stuff like that, and it slowly kind of yeah, and I don't think into positions. You know, this was the first business we'd ever set up, so I don't think we're any different to anyone else. Whether you're setting up a, I don't know, building firm mm-hmm. or a, a design agent, whatever it might be, if it's the first business you set up, you just kind of pull resource from wherever you can find it, and you just speak to as many people as you possibly can to pick their brains and actually just ask ask if, if, if they can point in the right kind of direction we were fortunate enough that we um, we had a, um, 
a friend of a friend who owned a design agency who helped us with mm -hmm. the, the 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 branding and the USPs and you know all of the all of the mm -hmm. different sort of bits and pieces that you need when you first start a business. Um, a family member of mine helped us oh, when we just had an idea that we wanted to set up a company. Yeah, he, Danny was a great help. To yeah, yeah, he yeah, sat he down went, and spent gave us the building block. So when we went to a design agency, we'd already had some sort mm -hmm. of thinking around kind of what we were looking, what we were all about. Yeah, what, do, what, yeah, yeah what, what we what we were going to be as a business. Um, yeah, so so. You know, and, and we got advice on sort of accountancy software and, and stuff like that, um, and how that all works. And oh, crikey, corporation tax, VAT, all of the things that we had no concept of um, before setting up the business. And where did you go to to get the, the support? How did you, outside of you know, Danny and, and whoever else? So I was referred to a really good accountant, um, and to be fair, he's really helped us to. I'll be not part of our business but I can call him whenever I like mm -hmm. he shows me great visibility on kind of what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis um, with a longer-term kind of view on things like uh, P&L and, uh, and tax and budgeting and all those different types of things and he helps us also with a software package that we use so mm -hmm. he's responsible for the I guess the administration of it but I have full visibility of it and it just helps and that and we learn along the way uh, you come across other friends and people like that that have run other businesses that say, ah, this is a good thing to look out for or you should need this implemented or this, this is something to look out for in the future, um, whether that be hiring your first people or employment contracts or yeah. shareholders agreement, the, the sort of things that maybe you should look at in the future mm -hmm. and then you can have one eye on the day job mm -hmm. and then try and think about your longer term view. I think everyone's got their own little input I think we were speaking to anyone whether it be your brother um, people that we even shared tendency with in our first kind of office location mm -hmm. kind of every other business owner that we kind of came into contact with would always pass on just some bit of valuable advice around probably a mistake that they've made actually it's yeah. nature, the same right? way if someone I'm thinking of doing this how did you do this? this the same way that I would say these are the cock-ups that we made in the first four <laughs> weeks or whatever it may be and it kind of just yeah passed on that way what, were, what, what would you say the biggest learning curves have been and oh. some of the things that probably didn't go quite as well as you would have liked yeah. to begin with it, in, t <laughs> in terms of um, mistakes uh, I think because we've worked for someone else for such a long period of time and it was fairly regimented um, we 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 always said we wanted to celebrate our successes more than we were allowed to in our previous company. Um, you but we, you we, we you managed that. We well we did. We, <laughs> we we got up to speed very very quickly and um, quicker than we ever would have foreseen. And we were doing you know we were doing really really well. Um, but we it did make us a little bit lazy in hindsight. It made us yeah. a little bit complacent. So. Um, yeah, we were like, crikey, we've nailed it. You know, we've we've only been going sort of two or three months, and we're you know, we're doing really really well, like better than we ever th ever thought was possible. And for that reason, you know, we've perhaps had too many trips to the pub um, and down tools <laughs> a little bit early in the office yeah. on on a number of occasions, and really did just 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 yeah, and you know, perhaps a little bit complacency and celebrate a little bit mm -hmm. too much. Um, and and we also fell um, victim to I think what. A lot of businesses do is, is we had uh, one big client that probably delivered 
fifty, maybe maybe more fifty percent mm-hmm. of of our revenue as a business, mm-hmm. um, and inevitably that you know that relationship stopped. So yeah, we had to go back to the drawing board sort of fairly quickly, um, and we were a year into the company mm-hmm. then, so it was quite painful. Um, so I think that's definitely a mistake. Was that the was that the end of that relationship? Was that no, the, kind no. of the catalyst of? No, the, their internal their internal structure changed mm-hmm. um, f- for a period of time, um, and that meant that um, our existing relationship sort of died. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had to. It took us a while to get back into the company. Well, two years it, it took to get back it, into the it, company. It did force us back to yeah. basics, mm-hmm. back to what we did. Yeah, do best. So is that the catalyst but that really kind of yeah, said, actually yeah. what you know we're doing everything that we can it, it be, was before yeah. we were doing okay yeah. and it was comfortable and then because of the situation that was out of our control that happened um it was back to basics bit of old-fashioned business development um and now we've got a fantastic client base it's much more varied mm-hmm. um and we still have relationships with that with that with that with that client mm-hmm. and, we, and we do continue to work with them but certainly our our risk is spread much much yeah. thinner now across the business mm-hmm. and actually we're in a, we're in a much healthier position for yeah. sure what was the plan for the business at that point and how were you going to stand out from other recruiters there's loads of them there? there's lots of recruiters how do you become one better than them and especially now you really need it you've lost someone so significant and now you need to really like you say at, go at back that, to business at development that, at that point I think at that point when we lost um, the, the high spending client was we we were, we were confidence in our own ability to deliver a service we didn't lose it because of our lack of ability to mm. be able to deliver results for clients so yep. it was around the reason we set up the business it was about qualification um, really getting to know a client before we try and start working with them really understand kind of cultures and skill sets and professional requirements within businesses um, and just start building relationships we're all confident and, and competent recruiters and I think that's what we went back to um, in, in terms of your, your question in terms of how do you differentiate yourself from another recruiter I think the only service is the only thing that you can use against another recruiter I guess in principle what we do is the same as many other recruitment mm-hmm. companies I think what we try and do is limit the reduce the amount of time to fill an opportunity um, make sure that we qualify our candidates um, thoroughly before we present them to, to clients and make sure that they're fully prepared to go to interview so there's much more um, chance of a, mm-hmm. of a candidate getting a job through through a reduction of, of, of CVs and time for client hiring hiring managers yeah I mean there's only so much you can do different to other recruiters you know you can you can change your brand and make you mm. know make your brand look amazing you can spend loads and loads of money on your website <coughs> you can maybe even try and incorporate um, some form of sort of, sh- I don't know, shiny new technology, mm-hmm. some kind of video interview or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. Do you know what I mean? There's loads of different different tools on the market to, to try and help recruiters look different to their competition. But at the end of the day, it really does just boil down to uh, the quality of service you provide your mm-hmm. clients and how much money, you, sorry, how much time, which of course then results in money being saved on, um, on, on them recruiting. So um, yeah, hence our sort of brand which is which is it's not a num- numbers game you know we don't mm-hmm. send 10 people down for job interviews to, to get a job you know it's, it's a it's a much smaller number of people that have all been really really well qualified and it wasn't until the back end of last year when we, when we sat down with a consultant that does some work with us he, he actually went through our numbers across the year um, and not only pointed out that 
everything was going in the right direction in terms of vacancies mm. filled and the percentage of vacancies filled and the time that it took those vacancies uh, took the time it took for us to fill those vacancies. Um, we, um, I don't know why we hadn't looked at it in more detail, but he actually pointed out that our blowout rate, so the the number of candidates that left their jobs within the year, the first year of them mm -hmm. working in the clients was was four percent, which is That's good. Yeah. Is well, I, I, we've all worked in recruitment yeah. for you know well over ten years, and I've never known anything like that. I mean, right. I think our goal for the year was sort of ten percent, maybe or twelve. I think our goal for the year was. I think our goal for the year was was fifteen percent. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting down in the same meeting and thinking, right, next year, what we set as our target to, and I think we've said 10% yeah. again, even <laughs> though it was at 4%, to know that actually that would still be pretty phenomenal. It's going to be an element of luck in that, but, yeah. but it, it, a lot of it comes down to what we're doing. You know, mm -hmm. we're placing the right candidates into um, the right clients and the right vacancies, and they're, you know, we're working with like companies that we enjoy working with. So I think, you know, if you're a, if you're a business that's focused on you know numbers and you know casting the net quite quite wide you're going to be working with clients that you perhaps don't back yourself mm -hmm. as to as to feeling they're a good business to work for and we've been quite selective with the companies we work for they're all good businesses you know genuinely good opportunities for people mm -hmm. which makes which makes it easier to sort of find good candidates yeah. I suppose they're going to want to work for these companies yeah. um, which helps yeah. I remember um, quite a few years ago one of you said to mm. me I went for a meeting with you you said that selling a product is way easier than being in recruitment only because the product is always going to be there but people tend to do what the fuck they want <laughs> <laughs> and they will not turn up to meetings and they will boycott interviews I think life happens right so you, so yeah I think if you're if you're if you're working with people <coughs> there is a, a frustration frustration manner of just basic manners and behavior and i think we try to understand the way those unreliable candidates are out mm. there and through communication and questioning during initial interview period hopefully we can weed those people out so less we can grandma's knocking about yeah i mean there, 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 is, there is there is still plenty of great, great dead grandmas unfortunately and crash cars on the way to interviews and all, all other manner manner of just silly mistakes that people just can't own up to mm. and i think part of our process is by just trying to really understand what the candidate really wants in their next opportunity but really why they're leaving their current job as well and just make sure that if we've got a match for them, we're not just trying to set up interviews. We do not target anyone that works at P60 on setting up a job interview. We don't set them on KPIs. We are only interested in the actual result, the end result for the client. And that ultimately is getting a successful hire that stays there more than 12 months. And we do that by making sure that we get a really good brief from the client in the first place. They are genuinely motivated to hire. They know what they're looking for and why and what the purpose of that job is going to be for that individual and then hopefully we can get that out through the initial interview stage with us whether that be over the phone or video or even face to face and then going through the interview process we can hopefully manage that and reduce that risk um, but people let you down right mm -hmm. but also there are there are instances where people have genuine <coughs> problems um, and can't go to job interviews um, it's just unfortunate when you're working in a cynical world of recruitment that a lot of people have their grandmas and there's an aging population which is unreal um, <laughs> so it's just it's making sure that if there's a genuine reason you can be 
you can speak to a candidate or a client and, and, and just try and work out if someone is, and you can just understand if someone's serious about an opportunity or not. And I completely agree. And I think it's all, it's all around qualification. Actually, hence the reason kind of we, we run the tagline kind of it's not a numbers game. Is, is built on the fact that we work with less candidates and less clients, mm -hmm. meaning actually you're still as busy as you ever were in recruitment. However, you've got more time to understand the client's brief and you've actually got more time to work with said candidate on an mm -hmm. opportunity, meaning you're understanding about external factors, about kind of what interests them, why they want this opportunity, why they're pursuing it, what else they've got going on. And I think it just comes down to having the time to spend with those candidates, meaning actually you can mitigate as much risk <coughs> as you can around people not turn up for interviews through dead grammars. I think even in recruitment, you still get surprised, which is good in some way, in the sense of it's nice to have a refreshing environment. But I think actually you can manage that risk if you really understand your client, what they want the brief, and you work with candidates that are right for the opportunity, but also feel that they're right for the opportunity. It's not a waste of their time and they have the right interest in the opportunity. And mainly the fact that both parties trust you and they trust your experience and what you're telling them. Because if they don't, then why would you bother listening to a recruiter yeah. if he forces you into it or forces you into an interview for two days' time when you're one of ten and you've only spent five minutes on the phone with that person? If you don't see that that recruiter can add value and help you secure the role that you're genuinely interested in securing, then that's where the problem stems from, I think. That's ultimately what quality recruitment yeah. looks like right or quality in in, in, any, in any service um, it's getting exactly what you want not mm -hmm. having to spend a lot of time and money to be able to do that um, which is yeah which, which is what we do yeah. you know, it's pretty the, daunting the, right getting a new job moving jobs is, mm. is a <coughs> scary process so. I, I, I think that's pr the the education of a recruitment consultant is is uh, takes a long time to do I think if you come into a recruitment role you think it's about making money it's about doing deals um, and actually, I think the human element is lacking in mm. probably most recruiter I've ever worked with. They don't understand. Actually, from that moment, you're going, woohoo, I've got a placement, ring the bell or something yeah. cheesy that you've got in your office. Actually, there's a process that follows that where that candidate is probably on their own for an element of time and they have to go back into the company they've worked with for, say, years. a year or years yeah. or maybe, maybe <coughs> longer than that and be able to, when they become friends with the people they work with yeah. and they have to then say I've got a hand in my notice which is a daunting experience and even then and then after that they're going to try and move into a new environment which is completely foreign to them with mm. people they've met maybe in a couple of different interview rooms or maybe in a, a social setting as well if they're lucky uh, and, and I think recruiters as a, as a whole miss that human element to know yes you are going to get paid a fee for this and yes it is a sales job but but a lot of the time they don't even have the time to give that kind of human element because you know in the oh. the experiences we've had of, of recruitment as an industry and the recruiters we've met along mm. the way it genuinely deal on to the next one it's yeah. just on to the next one it's mm. numbers 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 and, and that's that is w why we set this business up you know you you cannot maintain high numbers of interviews and clients and vacancies you simply can't do it and retain quality some, some, something has to give mm -hmm. and, and recruitment as an industry um, it typically is you know have as many vacancies as you can physically manage with the end result being that you might fill 20% of those vacancies which leaves 80% of those vacancies unfilled at the end of the month which 
again leaves a client unhappy or clients unhappy time's been wasted they've got an empty seat the, the type of recruitment that we mostly um, work on is sales recruitment which you know it's a it's a re revenue generating role so if there are empty seats in that office a month down the line because you've been working on so many different types of roles you know that's money that the company's lost um, oh, so many reasons why it should it should be you know you know less yeah less about quantity and more about quality and, and there are very few I would think there are very few recruitment businesses out there who genuinely don't measure their staff on activity we do not measure anyone here on, on, on activity it is purely end results or results I should say of the, of the recruiters chasing growth of their own business right they're higher quite quick about 100% grow 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 and yeah, it's all about 100%. numbers through the door for them right? yeah and you can't always if you're growing because recruitment um, and I mean recruitment as in companies hiring people including recruitment companies ironically is tough it's really really tough that's why recruitment companies exist okay so a lot of the time quality might actually be compromised because the company wants to grow so quickly okay um, and then of course it, there is there is a drop-off on quality mm -hmm. um, we don't want to we don't want to grow p60 at a rate if, if, if quality is going to be compromised you know we will wait until we find the right type of person and that's not always the case in, in business. So I think it just it it just needs a bit of a wake up call from, from my perspective. I think that you can build the same amount of revenue on a monthly basis by doing less work and guaranteeing that it sticks because you've spent the time to really mm. manage the process. And actually, the candidate not only then starts but then is good at the job and does a great job. And then you get referral business because of that opportunity. Yeah, rather when, you than rather work, than when you say work, you don't mean. Watching Netflix for five hours a day, though, and <laughs> you mean you mean just less numbers? I think is what you mean. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's about quality. It's not just about setting up six referrals and six mm. interviews in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a client's diary and then hoping that three of them take out. Because ultimately, what's happened is the hiring manager's probably taken we've booked three hours out of a day, or they don't turn up, so we can probably do something at short notice. But in reality, it is disruptive to the working day and it's not that what they want to do but even after that when the ca when the, when a candidate has accepted a job and then handed a notice and then for whatever reason it's just not looked after properly and then they don't start and then you almost have to just start the whole process again whereas I think if you just allowed maybe a little bit more time and sort of due care to be able mm -hmm. to make sure that the, the, the person can start and, and have the mm -hmm. best chance of being successful um, and the onboarding process works as well and the training and the induction all those things that are properly well, implemented I yeah think. I think when we were setting up P60 <coughs> we knew more about what we didn't want to be than what we did want to be if that makes sense mm -hmm. we knew we knew we, we knew exactly what what we didn't want to do as a company and I think that's kind of what we went when we first started sitting down and having meetings about you know what we, what we were going to do as a company what was going to set us apart what our USPs were going to be we that that kind of was born out off the back of knowing exactly how we didn't want to work mm -hmm. as a company and the service that we definitely didn't want to provide more than the service that we that mm -hmm. we did want to provide and our USPs kind of came off the back of just knowing how we didn't want to work as a as a company we we were actually I think me and Martin were actually pitching a, a client sort of fairly early on in the business and we were actually he, he was you know asking what our USPs were 
as all clients do when you're pitching and what sets us apart and all the rest of it and we actually explained um, what our USPs were and the fact that it wasn't going to be a numbers game and the fact that we didn't you know just throw numbers at the wall and hope that some of it stuck and all the rest of it and he he was really really receptive and then he um, he turned around and says it obviously wasn't relevant to that particular project but he said you know it sounds like it's actually <laughs> it sounds like you you guys are really going to struggle to um, to scale the business and, and he and he had a f mm. he had a fair point to be fair um, because we don't want to compromise yeah. on quality yeah. and, and and things like that and we want to you know we want to keep it fairly specific when we're working on on different opportunities and with different clients it, it, it will be for us in particular a fairly slow process and, and I don't really have a problem with that because again I don't want to compromise what we're what we're all about so we're not <coughs> going to go to market and hire people who are you know only 70% right for the role mm -hmm. or you know there's nothing wrong with people who are just starting out in their career and you know I've got a good degree behind them but I don't think that will ever be right for us because it's is genuinely about experiences life experience work experience yeah maturity maturity going through the process of finding work yourself whether you come from a recruitment background or not but you've gone through the pains of looking for jobs and understanding why companies recruit and the you know the process they go through that you know that's the type of people we'll always want to hire so we won't just be able to go to market and hire go through a recruitment drive and hire five people who are all just new to industry and all the rest of it because it's, it's just not what we're about. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I don't think it's necessarily as black and white as that. I think I think we're all used to working in environments where you hire five people, knowing full well that you'll bounce them off each other. They can all have a baptism of fire, and two will work out, and you'll end up with one superstar. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think. And you'll measure all of those yeah. people yeah. by KPI. Exactly. So I think what we wanted to do, because you're right in the sense it does um, constrain us around kind of growth in the sense of making sure that everyone adopts the same level of service that we're used to with X amount of years working recruitment. Of course, that's going to restrict us. But I think what we just wanted, to, it's just common sense really. We said, actually, the people that we do hire, we don't want to hire one, give them, a, give them a week, wait to hire another person. And we just want to make sure that the people that we do hire, before we look to expand again and grow, have had enough time to get up to speed properly, rather than this is your three month cut off, you either make it or you don't type thing. What was the decision point to start expanding, to recruit, at what point did you feel, what were, what were, what were the kind of tipping points? Were there, were there measures that you had in place to say, well, actually, now we're, we're st stable enough to start? Uh, not really. So we so every Christmas or when it sort of, not so much dies down, but kind of like a, sort of a, a cease a year's trading as such, we um, we sit down with uh, a consultant that gives us a pretty warts and all overview of what we've done. We do some blue sky thinking where we have to individually write down what we think went well, what mm -hmm. was okay and what could have been better. Um, and then what our objectives were for the for the following kind of 12 months um, and we all pretty aligned we went to we do these meetings and we don't talk to each other prior to that about the strategy so it can be genuinely off the cuff and to see where we're all at and um, we've all been pretty well aligned haven't we in terms of, yeah, kind of the, everything the objective Money, the objectives yeah, the ambition the be, growth the problem, yeah. because I definitely came into this thinking into P60 where first right I just need to I've got big mortgage I've got a wife I've got two yeah. yeah it was absolutely right. I need, need to have a job um, and I'm good recruitment consultant so 
for the first year it was just okay brilliant this is which is working and we've done pretty well and actually it's, it's doing all right and most probably actually our most consistent earnings i've had for the last five years um which is <laughs> unreal uh and i guess that's probably just down to testament of us actually sort of getting stuck in and working and obviously getting off to a great start yeah, but it's then a, it's, a, it's a funny one really i think um we could earn just as much money and probably if anything have a, a fairly easy life if it was just the three of us just just mm-hmm. turning out our day job you know we're not you know we're not trying to take over the world and be the next michael page or anything like that but at the same time i think we've you know, we got we got the first year under our belt. Mm. No, we we'd not spoken about growing or moving offices mm. or hiring more people or anything like that. But we kind of got that first year mm-hmm. out of the way. We were successful. We'd made some good money. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd ironed out all the sort of like sort of finer details of, of what it was like running a business and all the rest of it. And then it kind of like w- definitely felt like what's what is what's mm. the next challenge? You know. Yeah, this is, this is real now, isn't it? Yeah, this is this is, is actually our job. This is actually what we're going <laughs> to do. <laughs> yeah. this we're is still doing it. Right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like, so is this a job or is this? Are we going to try and create I know, I something? Think we were having such, we were having such just a good, it, it was a good time. It was an enjoy. It was really enjoyable, mm. and it, it's like the you get the first of everything in your first year. You know, in in all these sort of things that you start discovering, problems you start solving, and it, it does become quite enjoyable. And I suppose you. you you kind of want to just you sh- sort of share those experiences, mm-hmm. I suppose. And you don't really want to just be you know, sort of three people yeah. sat in an office doing it sort of day in day out. So yeah, it. it but it w- again, it wasn't anything that had been sat down and and sort of spoken about and designed or anything like that. It wasn't like we want to be this by the end of the mm-hmm. first year, this by the end of the second. Year. You know, there was no. It wasn't that well thought out. It, it is now. Um, yeah, James and I are thinking about a retirement plan. Robert's <laughs> yeah, yeah, got yeah. an extra ten years to work. <laughs> Everything's mapped out now. Yeah. So, how was um, the experience? The, the experience of going through the the, the the initial growth, the hiring phase. The first, our worst, you know, our, our, our first hire was our worst hire. But, uh, it was, but it's, it's only we only made that mistake once. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think we all got caught up in someone that we we liked. Yeah. Um, and it was just. It was it was it was a nightmare, yeah. um, which is really yeah. bad considering we were recruitment but, but consultants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we learned from that. When you went through that hiring process, did you suddenly realise that shit, we've got responsibility for somebody else here? No, I didn't get that until we had three hires. Really? Yeah. Before it was a uh, a job, and there was other people in the office, and it was only over the last probably eighteen months that I felt a. A, a bigger resent, a sense of responsibility mm. for other people's Mortgages. financial well-being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> and you know, I appreciate my I, we we set up P60 and quit my job when I had a wife and two children. So it didn't that didn't bother me. Funnily enough, it was <laughs> now that I've got other people yeah. that I'm res- mm. responsible for on a, on a on a monthly basis. Is and but that said, during uh, we our employment, one of our consultants has has come and was living with his parents, and now he's been fortunate enough to be able to get on the property ladder and that was great and I know that the fact that that is a part of working for P60 that's mm-hmm. afforded him yeah. those those opportunities so we tried to kind of help with that the, the, the social aspect and the personal bit as well and I think that's quite rewarding in, 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 its, in its own right really. What about the, the, the sort of the firing side of things the responsibility of doing that? We I think exactly we, have, we, have, we, yeah, we did yeah, we so we've so we that's not going to come as a surprise to us in terms of if we have to let somebody go because yeah, yeah. we're quite a close team um we would i would like to think that we're quite supportive of a, of a of a kind of a business unit we have good of um like team meetings 
um, really regularly. We have good team incentives. We have nights out on the social aspect. You don't have to be a top biller or even contributing for the revenue to be part of the yeah. team. Um, we have we've got a pool table in the office and a and some other sort of nice social aspects. So we try to be an inclusive environment in the team, yeah. um, regardless of billings. Um, so hopefully, if we get to a point where so maybe someone is not being successful at their day job, we can kind <coughs> of hope and coax that into the day job before it becomes a problem. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm not naive enough to think that someone in the future will probably leave, but that's the diff that's someone then leaving yeah. to go on and maybe set up their own business or be successful or move away or do something in their own right would, yeah. would be something we'd support. But if we have to sack someone, I think it's probably in the first instance because we failed somebody. Mm. Right, yeah. And I think I wouldn't have that emotional attachment to someone that had been here for three months and was a yeah. nightmare and caused trouble because I think then that is disruptive. Yeah. But I think for someone a long term employee I don't wouldn't see that as a problem because hopefully yeah. we wouldn't see that coming in the future do you say yeah. the three of you are the sort of people that your employees can speak to and yeah. about their development it's yeah. pretty inclusive so it's inclusive yeah. flat management yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd have to there ask them that but yeah. I'd like to think so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, like, it's, there's no can if you want we'll follow up with them that'll be edited out yeah it's a mega mature environment yeah. you know what I mean there's, there's yeah I don't want to say people come and go as they want, but there's no, f there's no fixed yeah. lunch, uh, you know, lunch yeah. times and. It's, it's a cushy environment, is yeah. what you're trying to well, say. Well, well, no, it's it's just I think it's, it's just I a mature it's a environment. environment. I worked well. with some really mature people previously who were treated like children and ended up acting like children. You know, they weren't treated like adults, and in response, they didn't really behave like adults. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think people you get the habits. best out of people if they can be themselves. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent. And just give people the opportunity, give them the tools and the opportunities to be able to job really, really <coughs> well, and just trust that they're going to do that. And again, it just comes back down to not micromanaging them. Yeah, we hire people for their personality and mm. their drive and determination, ambition to be successful. We can show them how to do the bits and pieces of a recruitment consultant and the purpose of the job. But then we got they got to form those relationships and they got to be themselves and and the reason we hired them is because of the personality so we've got to let them use that yep, so if we yeah. then constrain that and put that in a <coughs> box um we'd be failing yeah what would you say the, your biggest lessons learned are what have you been your biggest successes um and any work pearls of wisdom or uh, tips so you'd pass on to anybody else who was just setting out and on the journey you guys have been on the last few so years. I know this came as a surprise to you as well. And when we when we first set up P60, and we were in that kind of tiny tin of an office, and we were all confident we could do the day job, and the rest would kind of take care of itself. The, the biggest surprise that we had was that no one paid any bills. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. As a, me being a consumer, effectively, if someone sends you an invoice, you you pay it. That was the biggest surprise to me that every single invoice was always late. That we, we, had to that we sent it. out. Like, and I think and we yeah, never really had visibility of kind of what uh -huh. our previous finance team did or kind of how far they took it and things like that. Um, and that was, I couldn't believe it. We, we set up business, <laughs> I, I provided a service I, for you. What do you mean you haven't paid yeah. on time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That, that was, I think that was a big shock, yeah. wasn't it? It, um, it? it was, and it still, it still does surprise me now that, I mean, you go through these lengthy negotiations on terms of business and the fee and the, <coughs> and the payment terms and and then I'm forever chasing outstanding invoices is unreal really I'd yeah <laughs> I think I think um, <coughs> there were certain things that we were surprised how 
e easy it was. I think there's, in terms of technology available to people to be able to set up yeah. a company now, mm -hmm. uh, in com yeah, compared to 10 or, 10 or 15 years ago, is, r is ridiculous, right? So everything's cloud-based. So you don't need to, if you're setting up a business, not just a recruitment business, but I, I would have said most businesses, you don't, you don't have to spend tens of thousands of pounds on, on technology anymore, yeah. you know. Um, everything's kind of come down in price, technology's come down in price, phones have come down in price, everything's cloud-based, including phones, if that's the route you want to go down. Um, the software that's available, um, for example, the accountancy software that we use is quite intuitive. Um, our accountant can log straight into it, expenses are managed, it's, it's, it's pretty easy, mm -hmm. okay? You don't need to employ a bookkeeper and things like that. So there's loads and loads of bits and pieces that are actually really, really easy. Some things come as a bit of a, sh a shock. Um, but I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give is use as much resource that's available to you um, as an individual before you start setting up a business for free. Mm -hmm. So friends, family, friends of friends, everyone is ridiculously willing, well 99% of people are, are more than willing to help and impart their advice um, and share their knowledge and experiences that, that they've had. People just It's just a human nature, right? Mm -hmm. People just want to impart their advice on you. So use that to your advantage. Get as much uh, information as you can off people before you start. Um, I, I think um, our biggest success or successes, other than still being friends, is um, <laughs> our consistent revenue growth year on year. So in our first year, it was around being successful and earning, earning, a, earning a living yeah. and then after that setting a bit more some objectives in place and then and then just consistently growing year on year I mean I know obviously still a fairly young business but in terms of the fact that we are still here three years in we're mm -hmm. now a company where we've got opportunities for, for people to be able to start and, and get careers and, and buy property but just our consistent revenue and the growth and yeah, the enjoyment definitely comes with. from sort of different areas to where it did in the in the first in the first twelve months. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, I think I think you're, you're right. Definitely, the growth has been amazing in the sense of not all kind of when we, in our first year and kind of even into our second year, kind of I kept reminding myself like Jesus Christ, it's well done. You're, you're still in business. Like the amount of companies that go bust and the amount of yeah, especially recruitment the agencies success, that kind really, of to celebrate twelve up. months in. But we're still yeah. still going. going. You know, no issues. Yeah. The accountant, well, a, the lot accountant of, a lot of companies don't make that much. No, yeah, they right. don't. They don't, and they and they definitely don't make two, and I think even less make three. Do you know what I mean? So that was that's something we shouldn't forget. And the accountants always kind of <laughs> biggest pat, biggest this on our back. <laughs> I mean, we we moan about the corporation tax bill going up and up and up, and he's he's sort of saying congratulate you. Know, you should you should you should celebrate your big corporation yeah. tax bills. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're making money. hundred percent, hundred percent. But I mean, the um, biggest piece of advice we were given um, probably came in a bit too late um, but probably say six eight months in was to uh, put your VAT in a separate account uh -huh. because it's easy to <coughs> become complacent all of a sudden you, you have excess funds in a, in, a, in a business bank account and everything is great and then you can pay your um, VAT yeah. uh, a, qu a quarter late and all of a sudden yeah. you think wow I've yeah, got a bit less than I thought or maybe <laughs> we paid ourselves a bonus and probably we shouldn't um, so that was a learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, but you can we try and predict what your VAT bills are going to be and your corporation tax bill is going to be at the end of the year. You know, you can, but you're never going to you're, ne you're never going to be hugely accurate. So, b 
be I suppose sort of over generous mm -hmm. with that and definitely have a separate account that that all goes mm -hmm. into um, so that you're you know you're never you ne you're never going to worry about it basically um, and and try and get up to having three months worth of bills and overheads again in in, in an account yeah so as soon as possible yeah, yeah. so if all yeah. of any, any disasters happen there's it's funny you say that because I, I definitely think you should be careful and sensible with with things of course around kind of VAT and on the kind of finance side 100% but actually if I was to say kind of what, what kind of advice I would give I, I would say we were definitely uh, probably cautious in our first year of being professional in business and probably still so in our second year with the loss of a big account we need to make that up and and we still turned um, uh, actually a profit increase on, on that year so so what my advice would be is actually our meetings at the end of our calendar year is probably the most vital bit that we have all year around kind of setting mm -hmm. objectives for the next year and actually <laughs> this year we set quite a stretch target for ourselves uh, and backed up to do that and since then we, well, we've hired three people in the summer we've moved office mm -hmm. and we're knocking on doing double the revenue that we did last year um, so I think actually the best thing to do is probably at the beginning of the year whenever you want to do it even we should probably do it more regularly mm -hmm. sit down and set yourself clear objectives uh, and break that down yeah and work towards it yeah. month in so you month know out week in yeah quarterly. totally and do it because and do it as far away from your day job as you possibly yeah. can both like environmentally and you know and have a have a third party in in that yeah. meeting who's just yeah. pretty much doesn't see what you do on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis and can take a you know, a real sort of subjective view uh -huh. on everything that you're doing. Um, yeah, that's that's been key, key. But to bring that to back, our success. Yeah, but to bring it back to our culture, also around kind of having like an inclusive environment. We also, when we have that meeting, come back and we present to our employees mm -hmm. verbatim what happened at that meeting around kind of financials, what went well, what went badly, what our predictions and plans are for the next year. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a case of us three busted a gut. Uh, and try to drive them to the same goal without them knowing what that is. Uh -huh. mm. It's actually so them maybe who's, some of which at the time had only been here kind of six seven months can see where we've come from over the last three years, kind of in cold hard cash if you like, in the sense of the financials and the growth plans around employees etc. And then they can also feel in mm. tune and work towards the same goals as as a genuine business and a company, not just the three of us. I think it's definitely a yeah. gap missing in a number of businesses. Mm where that, yeah, that level of transparency yeah. doesn't exist and yeah. then, but you ex the leadership expect the teams to all be on the same bus and they don't know <laughs> yeah. what they're driving towards yeah yeah, yeah. 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 it's so um, I think that's quite refreshing mm. yeah absolutely uh, yes yeah. so, so setting you know setting company goals for the year they're transparent they're achievable and everyone's aware of them including the employees is, is yeah is massively important mm. massively important and why that and why they're set yeah there yeah. was a why? genuine reason yeah. behind what we were looking to achieve and why. We're by the river, so <laughs> we're by the river. There's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason we're in Henley. Yeah, there's a more. There's a yeah, more, a mooring over there with we're no boat in it. For yeah. A reason, yeah. And you guys obviously benefit from bouncing everything yeah. off each other. And and, but who else would you recommend getting in your? your virtual team your in your kind of corner for anyone who wants to get set up I mean you talked about the accountant quite a bit yeah. but so yeah we've got a decent accountant who we can generally bounce almost business ideas off and that's mm -hmm. that's lucky we're lucky that we've got um, a family member of mine who has um, 
scale grown scale grown and sold businesses you know and 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 i think if if you're fortunate enough to know someone like that whether they'll charge you some work or want some money donated towards (coughs) a charity or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. just just use people that have gone through the um the experience of of building and growing a business because um because it's it's invaluable it really is i mean there's so many little bits and pieces software applications just general advice um how to deal with certain situations that that yeah that we yeah think uh, stick to the if you set up a business stick to the do the bit that you're good at mm-hmm. from a, yeah, a, a yeah a sales aspect or a product innovation or whatever your core job is technical whatever and then i get some advice external advice mm-hmm. on the operational side of yeah setting up um, the fundamentals of running mm-hmm. a business on a day-to-day but also mm-hmm. on a sort of quarterly basis and then either outsource that to someone there's plenty of companies that do that or to enlist someone <coughs> on a part-time basis mm-hmm. that can help you well i think it's been a brilliant chat if i want to it's been so informative <laughs> i think it's great i mean yeah. exactly yeah. like you know and what you guys just talked about there is exactly what we're trying to do with this thing is kind of create a bit of a virtual network where people can gain your experience from listening to this uh, and hopefully we can, you know, connect various people and, and create a bit of a community uh, where people can get advice. Yeah, and I don't think you, you don't have to have reinvented the wheel or you know, the, you know, I don't know whatever it might be. As long as you're, as long as you've got an idea, even if it's similar to other people's mm-hmm. ideas or similar to their service or product, but you genuinely think you can bring some quality to the table, then um, yeah, set up a business. Brilliant. Yeah. Well. Thanks very much. Appreciate your time. No, thanks very Appreciate much for the opportunity. It's good. It's good, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll follow up again uh, with a, another conversation soon. Cool. Yeah, we'll thank you. We'll put Cheers, links guys. all to your socials and website and everything like that. Wicked. Thank cool. you. Good Cheers, stuff. Cheers, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. And if you did, please like, share, and follow. You can find out more at pocketmastermind.com. If you'd like to find out more about Martin, James, Robin and P60, you can do so at p60-recruitment.co.uk and at linkedin.com forward slash p60-recruitment-limited. Hyphen hyphen